episode 13. Uh, I'm joined again by, of course, my wonderful two co-hosts. We're late, but that's okay. Uh, Reese is here. Hello, with socks. With socks this week. With socks. It is disgusting. I put my gremlin toes away. <laughs> uh, and of course, Ruth is here as well. Producer Ruth. Producer Ruth, how are you doing? I'm good. You good, Reese? Yeah. You yeah. well? Yeah. Yeah. How much producing you been doing recently? Loads. Yeah. You got some good articles to shove in this one, have you? I've got a lot of things to shove in this one. Sh- oh, good. Good. It's a PG family friendly podcast. Just yeah, I'm not involved in that. Um, right. Uh, we had... should say before oh, yeah. we start there, we go. there is a lunatic setting off fireworks on Bonfire Night of All Nights. Can you believe it? Um, so if you see a flash on the video, um, we are on floor 20 of an apartment, so it is uh, it, it does reach our height. It does. Um, we can't see anything, though, because it's all cloudy. We just get a flash of white. Smoky, not even cloudy. Yeah, smoky. It's and um, it is a, a fairly loud bang. All so, the windows are closed because we don't want to gas ourselves yeah, out. Yeah, we are literally sweating. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm okay. I'm, I was pretty cold, actually. You've got a lovely jumper on. Thank you. Lovely. That was pretty silly. Right, uh, Quali was a fairly boring affair. Let's go on to Quali then. Yeah, it was a bit of a boring affair. Um, it was, hang on, let's just talk, I haven't even announced what Grand Prix we're talking about. I should probably do that first. We're talking about the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. It had a very weird Italian name, but I'm not going to try and pronounce it. Can you do it? Can you do it in an Italian accent? Nope. Please. So for the uh, for this podcast, I'm going to refer like it to it as the Imola Grand Prix, because it was at Imola. Um, but yes, we have had the Grand Prix at Imola. That's what we're here to talk about. Um, actually, before I get into this, before I'm going to go off, you love it when I go off script. Go off script. So here, here we, we go. go. The script's on the TV, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, what do you guys think of Imola as a circuit? Did you guys like it, or do you want to? Do you want to go silent? Old I thought it was okay. It was just pretty boring because there wasn't very much overtaking mm. that could be done. So I don't know. It was probably a 4 out of 10. Could have been better. Oh, only a 4. Yeah, my first glimpse of it was from qualifying. And I feel like you don't really see the circuit properly until the race. Mm. As silly as that sounds. But from qualifying, I was like, oh, these uh, these straights ain't looking quite straight. Well, you know what I mean? They were looking very short. Yeah. Um, Let, so. Let's very quickly talk about because I don't know if... You, you didn't, I don't think we really even realised it in the race. But... This weekend had a very unique format where it had one practice session on the Saturday mm-hmm. morning and then it was the qualifying. Normally we've got three practice sessions. We didn't have that this week. Um, do you think that was a good format? Did you notice any difference or do you, th- do you think something we should continue with or not? What do you think, Reese? Uh, yeah, I liked it. You I wish it, it stays like that because, let's be honest, um, FP1, FP2, no one watches really. Only your diehard fans watch them. I've started getting more and more into watching the FP3 because they start to do the quali strategy. You, you start to get an idea of, oh, hold on, Bottas is looking like he's going to beat Hamilton here, yeah. sort of thing. So I've started watching FP3, and then I, I, that's how I like it. I feel like in these circuits where um, where the drivers don't really know it that well, it is very nice to just see it. Like, like we had it unintentionally last week with um, Portugal, yeah. was it? We had it unintentionally last week with Portugal where they only had one qualifying session, uh, not qualifying, free practice sessions. Uh, sorry, not Portugal. That was in Germany, wasn't it, when it got rained off um, at the Hockenheim ring, wasn't it? Did they not have another... No, I think... Is it not a recent one that it got rained that off was, on? That was 
last weekend or the weekend before last Germany yeah it was only a couple of weekends ago you sure it was Germany yeah it was definitely okay yeah. um, <laughs> knowledge is power um, yeah I, I enjoyed that because everyone went in with the same amount of you could see more vulnerability in the drivers mm. as in they didn't know the track as well as they'd like to yeah. and that makes it a lot more interesting because they don't know where the breaking points are they don't know how well DRS works and stuff like that it yeah. is it's nice it's nice to see Definitely. What do you think, Ruth? Would you like to see that kind of format come in more permanently? Or? I agree with Reese. I do think. Well, that you agree with Reese that it was a good format. We just had a massive argument about the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix, which we're not going to get into. <laughs> so it's nice that an agreement's happened. Brilliant. Right. Well, my opinion is that I think it worked really well, and I think the reason we saw in the race that kind of, and we'll get onto that a little bit more later, but we saw. Bottas and, and things coming in very early for the pit stops and you even said that you thought they're pitting very early I think it's because mm. they didn't have the data that they would normally get from those three seconds so I think it was definitely very good to see um, let's talk about quality then we, we've almost talked, talked about it at the top we're, we're back to it now um, I think it was a fairly boring affair wasn't it you know Russell Russell for me was the standout one mm-hmm. um, I think Gasly as well Russell continue to earn that name that kind of title that he's got from i think sky sports are giving him of mr saturday um he's qualified his teammate out qualified to say his teammate in every single session he's ever competed in it's in the 40s on the Saturday. Now, isn't it? i think it's high I'm 30s sure it's 40s the, yeah. you know, something like that 38 39 once again he managed to get the williams which is still it's a be, it's better car than it was last season but it's still a dog of a car mm-hmm. managed to get it again out of q1 into q2 managed to get p13 didn't even come 15th which is obviously the bottom of Q2. So he, he's doing really well in that car, especially in qualifying. Go Good on. question. Sorry. Um, who finished 15th and 14th? Just off the top of your head, if you don't know, just tell me to... Top of my head? I don't know. Right. Uh, okay. Ruth's typing away. I'm not sure if she's getting it up. I'm sure she is. She's um, looking at um, handbags. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no... He's, he's continued to impress me. He's doing really good things, and I am getting really impressed with what Russell's doing in that car. The other standout performance, I think, from qualifying for me, and I think for a lot of people as well, I'm sure you guys would agree, Pierre Gasly mm-hmm. managed to match his career best of P4. Very well raced, I think, very well done. I think we can both, we can all commend him for that. I can't he did very good there. Yeah? You got some stats for <laughs> Can I guess? Was it Vettel? And Rosham. Vettel and Stroll. Okay. That's a disappointing qualifying for Stroll. I can tell you that much. Giovinazzi was also 20th, which... Wow. I mean, mm, he's a back runner, but he's never normally 20th. I was going to say, news, Alpha have confirmed... I was just about to say, was that last week or this week? I forgot if we talked about that in the last episode or not. Uh, I don't think we did. I think it was this week. We've had an extended week, obviously. Yes. I think it it was this week that Alpha did get confirmed um, that Kimi and um, Giovinazzi are staying, which, as you can tell from the shake of the head of Ruth, uh, (laughs) we here at the F1 Review are not happy about that. Well, is that... That's something I think... We talked about the last episode, didn't we? I, we I had a we had a long idea. conversation about it where me and Ruth didn't agree. Yeah, <laughs> and that's how it finished. I, thought, I said I thought they might keep the driver line, which they have, and we. I was yeah. You 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 took my side. Yeah, and I said one. that I hoped they didn't yeah. because I didn't think that um, Raikkonen or Giovinazzi deserve a seat. I agreed with Giovinazzi. However, I didn't agree with Kimi just because money. Right. <laughs> 
So that's right. Yeah, we had that on the yeah. And then I flung the question on you of, of F2 drivers and you guys. And did, yeah, we, we absolutely the hat the bed. <laughs> and I did say hat. Um, right. There go the bangs again. Bonfire night. Loving it. Just ignore them. Pretend like they're not there. <laughs> You're listening to the F1 review. It's Tom. It's Ruth. It's Reese. They might not happy. be able to hear them. That's the thing. It might even be coming through on the mics. They might just think we're getting crazy. See, but I heard it on the mic when Ruth was just rubbing a heart around against oh. the thing. So the oh, mics are ASMR. quite... It is. So the mics are quite uh, quite sensitive. I can... If they're not coming through, we look like mentalists. We do. We actually recorded this on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. It wasn't bonfire day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Remember the 3rd of December. Um, December. <laughs> November. Shut up. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the race then. The race, I think, for the first part, I felt like I might have... Might have jinxed things a little bit, let's say. Last week, I very famously, obviously it's famous that I went down, this was mm-hmm. quoted in many, many occasions. <laughs> I said that um, the Italian Grand Prix are going to be the best Grand Prix. You know, we had the two races at the start of the season at Monza and then at um, the other one, uh, which <laughs> saw a lot of red flags. It saw a lot of things happening. It was a very action-packed Grand Prix. Um then I said, we're coming back to Italy. It's going to be really exciting. I think we even put a tweet out in the last one saying, let's race Italy every weekend. Yeah. Um, first part of the race, I felt like I might have jinxed it. I feel like it, it wasn't looking like it was going to be a classic. It looked like it was going to be simply kind of, how long can Hamilton go on his tyres? That's what's going to, that's what's going to tell this race. Um, but off the start... Uh, uh, yeah Hamilton's tyres we'll talk about that soon let's go to the start Bottas got away very well from Paul he put it on Paul in qualifying did a very good job to do that he got past Hamilton um, which he hasn't done too many times this season he has struggled to get onto Paul so far this season um, but uh, he got a good getaway Hamilton actually kind of got a bit bogged down in the end Verstappen managed to overtake him and get up to P2 and then that was sort of it. I think that kind of then fell into it. There was a bit of contact between the racing points and the Ferraris, a spin for Magnussen. But apart from that, until about lap nine, I think it was, it was fairly uneventful, wasn't it? Um, that's where I think a lot of people's hearts start to hurt. And I think there was a lot of heartbreak in this race for a lot of different reasons. I think that's fair to say. Um, let's talk about this one. Because on lap nine... Pierre Gasly got told on the radio he had to retire from what was looking like it could have been a really good race. Um, I think it could have been a really good opportunity for points for Gasly. I think that's fair to say. Obviously, we had a surprise podium person in the end. It could even have been Gasly on that podium Has he, had he had gone all the way. How disappointed did you guys feel that Gasly just dropped out so early? I mean, especially after the qualifying he had, getting fourth place. He obviously was good around the circuit. Reese, what did you think? How, how did you feel? Um... I felt like I was looking at the inside of my eyelids because I thought it was a one o'clock race and it was only when my phone started buzzing saying, no, Gasly, wait, what? And all the messages from Tom came through <laughs> that I realised that it was a 12 o'clock race, yes. UK time. Um, so I, I've watched the highlights and it, it was, well, I've watched the hour-long highlight thing that they do. Um, it, it, it was a very gutting stage of the race for Gasly mm. because... He he looked so fast. Both the Alpha Tauris looked, although we didn't realise it uh, with Kvyat at this moment. Mm. They both looked so fast this weekend. They, they looked really good. surprisingly fast, mm. and uh, it was it must have been good for him because he was he was sniffing at that at another podium. 
definitely, definitely. Ruth, what, uh, how did you feel? It, what, what did you think about it? Yeah, so after the race, um, Pierre Gasly said that it was quite hard because he actually had a weld failure, which meant that um, he had a loss of water pressure, which is why he had to retire, not right. just an engine failure or anything like that. But um, yeah, obviously, it must have been gutting for him himself obviously he was doing very well i think it's just a shame like on this race in particular when it started to feel like it was getting good and people were actually challenging that we had so many people you know have to retire and not finish the race Mm. well i mean the race went on as it always does without gasly and i mean i am going to take a bit of a weird way around describing this race than I normally do because there were good moments but there were very few and far between so we're going to be kind of skipping over some major parts it was of the like, race so it was like your classic British Grand Prix yeah you know everyone's like it's a British Grand Prix there's good moments but the majority yeah. of the race is a snore fest yeah so I mean when we saw pit stops made and we talked about at the start Bottas and Verstappen quite early on took those pit stops we think that might have been because of FP1 and things not being there um, but that gave Hamilton a chance to really kind of try and pull out enough of a gap to manage getting the overcut on bottom for Max to go from that third place that he got off the start, get up to first. Um, in the end, though, it wasn't necessary. Um, Ocon had an engine failure, I think. He retired the car. That brought out a virtual safety car, a short virtual safety car that very, very perfectly got Lewis into the pits and out again. I'd argue about a 28-second exactly. virtual safety car. Well, I think it was Ted or something said, didn't he, on the Sky Sports coverage, he said, I think Mercedes got a button down here to launch the safety car, the virtual safety car for him. Obviously, everyone had to slow down to the Delta. Hamilton didn't in the pit lane, managed to get a free pit stop, cruised out into first place, and I mean, it was a win for him from there, really, wasn't it? Um, what do you guys think about this virtual safety car rule? A lot of races we've seen told by someone getting a free pit stop under the virtual safety car and going on to win it or going to get a good position from it. Do you think a rule should be brought in where maybe the virtual safety car closes the pit lane or something like that, where it's, it's, it, you cannot pit under the virtual safety car? Because it's not full safety car, definitely pit. Virtual safety car, it's almost always less than a lap. You know, what, what do you think? Tell me what you think. Uh, Ruth, you go first. I think it's a shame that Hamilton benefited so much from the virtual safety car this race. However, I think every race someone is going to benefit from something that happens. Mm. And the virtual safety car is going to come out either way. There is no point in closing the pit lane. There is no reason for the pit lane to be closed. Yes, obviously, drivers may get an advantage and it's frustrating for the drivers and it's frustrating for fans. I myself was annoyed that Hamilton had such a good advantage, but at the end of the day, that that's just racing. That's just what happens. And, you know, the race can change at any moment. And there's no point in implementing rules that stop racing in a way because... Obviously, different teams have different strategies. Hamilton was going to pit anyway. We yeah. knew that he was going to pit anyway. It just happened that the virtual safety car was out when he did. True, but without the virtual safety car, the pit stop would have brought him out with Bottas and Verstappen and made it much more interesting. 
that's fair to say. So do you think maybe the FIA could look at it from the stance of to make racing more interesting, we should make this a rule? Maybe not. I, I think it wouldn't stop racing. I think it would encourage it. I think controlling the races in a certain way so that you always get an interesting outcome does more harm than good to racing. Mm. And I just can't see a point in doing that at all. I just can't. What do you think, Reese? Um, so I've got two points on this. Well, yes. three, kind of. Uh, number one is Hamilton was... Hamilton did really well to pull away on them tyres. That He was on old tyres. He was left out longer than Bottas. And because Bottas got the choice of strategy, that always works at Mercedes, if you, if you didn't know... Uh, with Mercedes, whoever's in the lead gets yes. to decide what strategy they take. Yeah. And they always do kind of alternate strategies. Um, so Lewis did really, really well on old tyres. And they were older because he'd already done qualifying in them, I mm. think. So they had a couple more laps on them than a fresh set of mediums would. And he managed to pull out that 27 seconds, I think it was at that point. Uh, he yeah. only needed one more second, which I can almost guarantee that he would have got on the next two laps. So I feel I like the virtual safety car didn't change anything apart from the gap because I, I think that they would have kept Hamilton going out. If um, The second point is that if this was Russell or Norris or anyone that's a fan's favourite, we would not be having this this discussion right now. Yeah. Because if it, if it was Russell, let's say, Russell was in like 12th maybe and it, it, it happened for him, that would have boosted him up into well, into the middle of top 10. Like, definitely, sort of thing. I'll tell you so, what, I'm not liking this. You guys are agreeing and kind of ganging up on me today. I don't like being on this side of it. <laughs> my, my, my third point is that um, I think, and this is going to be the one where I kind of disagree and you're going to go, what? Okay. Um, I think that there shouldn't be a virtual safety car. I think if I think if there's a need for a virtual safety car, bring out the safety car, even if it's like for two laps. Because that way the group all pack up. If you have a pit stop, no one's really getting an advantage. Yeah. Like you are, but you aren't. Like you you, lose, you gain time, but everyone's gaining it's, time. Yeah. If you know what I mean. I see what you mean. So I think that virtual safety car shouldn't be a thing. I've always hated it. Mm. I just think it shouldn't be a thing. Bring out the safety car, pack everyone back up. No, no real advantages. If you get to, to the pits before the safety car, well done. It, yeah. Which, to be fair, in that situation, Lewis would have done. But yeah. you know, it, it's. It is what it is. Right then. Let's fast forward a few more laps. Let's press the fast forward button, skip through the a bit more boring. And I say boring. There was some good racing in that kind of pack. There was a few good wheel to wheel battles that we did see. Um, but things really started to get interesting. A couple of laps after Hamilton came out in the lead. Uh, Bottas, who had floor problems from running over a bit of Ferrari debris, um, Ended up getting passed by Verstappen because he was going to the corner, went wide, messed up his turn, and Verstappen managed to maximise that and get passed. Um, maximise. See what you maximize, did there. Maximise, thank you See very what you much. did there. Yeah. Clever scripting. Um, clever scripting from Mr. Lomas. It wasn't clever for Max, though, was it? No. Because a few laps after he got past Bottas, cameras cut back to them, uh, and it's just Max sat in the gravel, spinning his wheels, not getting anywhere. Rear right. Rear right? Rear right tyre. In absolute shreds. Um, I mean, I'm a Max Verstappen fan. I'm not going to beat around the bush about it. My heart was in my hands. I was so gutted for it because it was a chance to get another P2 on the podium, which he's been getting a few of these this season. It's really helping his campaign. 
Um, I was really disappointed. It was some more points lost for Red Bull in the constructors, and obviously then later things would happen that would hurt that again, but we'll get on to that. What did you guys think, Reese? We'll go to you first. How did you feel when you saw that? Um, I was buzzing <laughs> because one, I knew that you'd be upset, and two, George Russell was in the points. Um, however, we do need to say, like you just said, about the floor problems for Bottas. We are all, and I feel like as an F1 community, I'll group us all together on this, very quick to kind of slag off Bottas. I'm mm. to say slag, aren't I? Yeah. Like that, yeah. yeah. Um, just checking. I don't I don't want us to get demonetized. <laughs> you can't like... group one, but you can use the word in that sense. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> Um, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, he was. He was very. We we're all very quick to slag off Bottas. However, driving with what was a good chunk of Vettel's car mm. under him, and it like it was a good chunk in F one terms. Like that like was huge. Front end, yeah, it's and he like he managed to keep the battle on for second. Like you'd expect him to be dropping yeah. back and back and back, and then retired. You know what I mean? I reckon if that was any other driver... It would struggle. It would be back and back and back. Ah, guys, this isn't working. Mm. Retired. Yeah. The thing about the floor thing that took me... Um, took me interest was that Ferrari reported that there was nothing wrong with Vettel's car. Have you have you put this in later on in the script? I haven't put this in. No, we can do this now. Yeah, because um, Vettel was on the radio saying something feels weird. And then his engineer just got back to him and was like, there's nothing wrong with the car. Carry on the race. He said he feels like something's wrong with his front wing. Yeah. And his team said, no, we've looked on the TV cameras as well. There's nothing wrong with it. And then someone put a picture of it on the TV cameras. His whole end plate wasn't there. Hmm. What was going on at Ferrari Mechanics there to not know that? I don't know. But... Do you reckon they didn't know? Or do you reckon they decided to tell him it was there so it settled him down again? Yeah, because he could have been on the radio being like well if my front wing's not working Mm. pit me now you know what I mean I'll come in new front wing hard tyres and I'll go yeah that's true I don't know that could be a good strategy actually Mm. Ruth what did you think how did you feel when Max went out how did you feel when Bottas had this damage what's your opinion I think it's like I said earlier with Kesley we're finally getting a good bit of racing you know it was getting mixed up things were actually happening and then it it all just goes because and he was just out but i remember when i was watching it that um they thought it was a puncture originally i think yeah but when i was watching it i immediately thought this is debris because i just watched it and it looked like he went over a speed bump but only on that right tire mm. it was insane how like put a spike strip on the track exactly and how his cast went after i don't know how f1 drivers do it and like are back in the car and haven't absolutely cacked th- themselves when they get out because yeah. if that was me i would have been like that well, was insane I, I think it is testament to say that that could have been much worse than it was for max he's lucky it was just a spin because there could have been a flip from that really yeah. out. it could have been really nasty i think if it was a front tire it would have been a flip kind of thing it could have been really nasty for him um to back up Ruth's point about the bravery of mm. f1 drivers i get the shakes leaving the house during coronavirus yeah you know what i mean they're having crashes uh 180 200 mile an hour yeah walking away from it and getting in the car on next friday for the practice sessions well that's a good segue actually um let's talk about a driver that had a crash and walked away from it uh and then sat against the railing and sulked for a long time 
It's, of course, poor Georgie boy. Um, there was heartbreak, I think, across the race. Um, George Russell was on course to get his first point. He was behind the safety car, actually. He was the leading car at that point because of how the safety car had fallen. And then he just went around a corner, put the accelerator on a little bit too early, trying to warm up the tyres, I'm not sure. He was in the wall. He binned it. That actually, I said I hated it when Verstappen went out. That was the most heart-wrenching moment for mm-hmm. me because when Max went out, the only kind of light I drew from that, and I watched it with you, and you, I said to you, the only light I can draw from this is that George is in the points. He could get a point here. He could get his first point. And then it cut to her. I was like, no, George. That was the worst point for me. Um, Ruth, how did you feel when you saw that? What, what were you thinking? I genuinely think at that point, everyone on Twitter was so upset mm. that it was insane. I think everyone just wants George Russell to just finally get that point and just, you know, it, he's been so close so many races yeah. and he just hasn't got it yet. He said after that it was the biggest mistake he'd made in his career and, you know, that he wanted to learn from it and be stronger and apologise to the team and everything. Mm. I think it's such a shame, but, you know, obviously loads of drivers make mistakes. Everybody Hamilton makes day. mistakes. Exactly. It's just a shame that, you know, he was doing so well at the time and i will add it was really nice to see on twitter the response from i think hamilton sent a nice message Grosjean did toto wolf also said in an interview that you know these things do happen and it's how you grow and you could see he was gutted by it but i think it was nice that the other drivers did chip in and be like don't worry mate you're not a bad driver because of that you'll come back from it um what did you think reese speaking of twitter really quick did we live tweet this race we didn't we didn't. No. I was on my phone. Our social uh, media manager wasn't here. So. Uh, the, no, that's just for looking at drivers um, swinging handbags at each other. <laughs> that's all I do on social media. Um, yeah, I was watching on my phone, so yeah. I couldn't. Um, however, because I was away and it's delayed mm-hmm. and it's all my fault. Um, I think, yeah, it was... I, oh, you can, you want to come up with excuses for the lad. <laughs> But there's no excuse no. with crashing behind a safety car. And he knew that. Yeah. yeah. And that's why he sat against the wall and punched his leg about a hundred times. He was so annoyed. There was um, a really good tweet. Obviously, the last person to do that was Grosjean in Baku a few seasons ago. He did it behind the safety car. And um, he, on the radio, uh, his mechanic said, I think Ericsson hit us. Yes. Ericsson was about a mile back when it happened. And um, when this one happened, Ericsson tweeted out, Oops, sorry, George. And then uh, put a gif of Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. Brilliant. I thought I loved that. Did you see, <laughs> the, did you see the tweet from um, Mercedes with the quote from Toto saying that um, everyone, uh, you're not a real race driver unless you crash behind the safety yeah, car or something yeah. like that. So, <laughs> and uh, I thought that was really nice, obviously, like the lead boss in F1 saying that. And then Grosjean retweeted it and put, "Hello, I'm here for twenty. I'm here for 2021. I'm available for hire." Like I thought that was like, that was class. Well, I think after this safety car, it's fair to say the race did quite take a turn. It got a bit more exciting. Um, there was a few people that chose to pit during the safety car. I was hoping you'd go back to this, and we will talk about this. Um, 
Perez, who had had a really good race, to be fair. He was behind Verstappen. Obviously, Verstappen had his accident. Verstappen. He moved up to third place. Um, he had a bit of a controversial call from his team to come into the pits. And a few teams did it. A few teams brought their drivers on, put them onto the soft tyres. In fact, Mercedes did it as well. Um, but crucially for Perez, he came in. Ricardo, um, Kvyat and Albon, who were behind him, didn't. And it was that was a very crucial, I think, mistake, I think it's fair to say, for Racing Point to decide to bring him in uh, because he came out in sixth and, frankly, lost the podium before, because of it. Um, Reese, what do you think? Do you think that that should have been a pit or not? What, why did they do it? In practically any other race in F1, mm. that would have been a pit for every team. Mm. It was the fact that at this Imola Grand Prix... Um, that is so distracting. <laughs> <laughs> We've got it's the script on the TV and Anonymous Cheetah or whatever it is. I don't know why my just, name is showing up as that. It's just jumping around the screen. Um, I just read it and just kept doing it because I'm not sure why my name <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to read like, it. It's Anonymous Cheetah. Cheetah. I know that my bit only says Reese replies, but it's still <laughs> off point. Um, what was I saying? Uh, something about pitting. Good yes. strategy in every yes, other yes. race. So in practically every any other race, yeah. all the teams would have dived into the pits. I agree. Um, this one, it was more about track position than tyres. I Teams also think, sorry, just put in, I also think the timing in this race, it was only like a few laps, five laps from the end. Five laps from yeah. the end when the safety car went in. So I think that was a big, that you, they probably could have done five laps on the tyres, they were already on, they didn't need to pit as well. Yeah. I think if it was a 20 laps earlier, everyone would have pit. The problem was that they were banking on what other teams were doing mm. before... Uh, they banked on what other teams were doing before they seen what other teams were doing. Yeah. You, you need, they needed to wait, and I know it's hard to say wait to go into the pits, but if they would have waited, other teams might have tried it. Like, mm. McLaren might have thought, you know what, Racing Point aren't going in here, we, we might try it. And then you've got the jump on them, and then you've got them at the end. However, mm. like I said, if it's any other track, if you're on fresh tyres for five laps, you've, you've, got, you've got the podium, essentially. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. it, it, was, it was a very difficult call. And sadly, they made the wrong one. Yeah. Ruth, what did you think? Yeah, I think Racing Point even said after, in hindsight, we would have made a different decision, but that's what they did with the information they had at the time. And obviously, it's so much easier to say in hindsight, this is what we would do, but, you know, they do what they do at the weekend, and that's just the way it goes. Sometimes you make the right decision, sometimes you don't. It's true, and it is a bit of a... it's fair, it's probably another heartbreaking part in that race. This race has been full of heartbreaks. I'm going to stick that in the title. That's going to be in the title. Something about heartbreaks. But it has been a very heartbreaking race in a lot of places because there was a lot of opportunities that didn't come through for a lot of people. Well, um, it's, like, it's like Uncle Ted said on the notebook. Uh, if you don't watch Ted's notebook, carry on not watching it because it's all we talk about really on the podcast. Yeah. Um, it's our main source. It, it, yeah, yeah. Ted Kravis, Sky. <laughs> um, I think he... Perez knew that that was a podium and that was his podium and he was gutted after the race the team were gutted after the race they knew that they made the wrong call the second that they saw that the Renaults and the McLarens weren't coming in yeah. they, I think they deep down were like oh, we've messed it up guys Yeah. but however having it's still a good finish for Racing Point isn't it where he finished 7th didn't he or something in the end 
think it was P6. Six or seven. Yeah, because yeah, well, yeah, they all held the position, essentially, didn't they? Well, apart from one driver, and that's what we'll talk about yeah. next. Um, if you, are you done, or do, can I go on to that? Uh, no, I'd like to talk about PPI. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm done. Right, yeah. I think finally we can class as the... As the as the major last part of the race, obviously there was those post things which we will talk about of the race. It's essentially um, a major part of a career. Well, yeah. If you want to, uh, if you want to word it like that, that sounds I, more dramatic. I feel like we've talked about this for the last few weeks. Every week we've come back to Alex. We've talked about Alex. We said last time um, out that Christian said he's got two weeks to prove himself. It's at Portugal and it's at this race that he can really prove himself and why he deserves that seat. Both of these races, he's finished at the points. This race especially, I think he had a good chance of fighting, f- fighting at least for a podium with Kvyat, Perez and um, Ricardo. Ricardo, who obviously eventually got that. Um, but on the restart, he got taken by Perez, then had a few tangles in the corner. Sainz was behind him as well. He just then... Got on the power. It was a very weird thing. Got on the power too early coming out of the corner. He got on the power on the curb, didn't he? Yeah. That's what spun him. Spun him out. It mm. was a very much a rookie mistake, I think, for him. What? Uh, what the the final nail in his coffin is the fact that he said, someone hit me. Yeah. That's the final nail. I reckon that if he would have went, you know what, guys? I lost it. I feel yeah. like he would have... He would have got the sympathy vote more, as in they would have been like, "Look, let's give the kid another chance. Like, yeah. let's let's see how he does in the next two races, sort of thing." However, the fact that he was like, "Science hit me," science was nowhere near you, lad. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was he was far enough back that he he dodged you doing a a Yui, yeah. essentially. Well, this is it, and I mean, he ended up coming fifteenth, which was the last classified position. Obviously, we had five retirements. He came fifteenth. It made it a pointless weekend for Red Bull, literally, and. <laughs> It was a pretty pointless one. They may as well have not turned up. Um, he can't stay, can he? He's not staying in that team, is he? I'd be very surprised if he manages to do something to convince them he is the driver to continue with in 2021. Hulkenberg and Perez are waiting on the wings. Can I ask, can I, can I ask the question to the Red Bull fan? Mm-hmm. Because you, you're doing this, but you're the Red Bull fan. Right, yeah. Ruth's just Hulkenberg, no one else. <laughs> and I am um, McLaren. Yeah. Um, as the Red Bull fan... What do you want to happen with this situation? I so, so really... go from go from two weeks ago, yeah, when they said, "Look, we're gonna two weeks time," and then go from now. I've been quoted on the podcast, and I said it when um, when when Alex first came to the team. I don't know, I don't think we did in the podcast then, but I think I've said it since. I really like Alex. I think he's a really good lad. He's got a really likable personality. Um, I think he's a great driver. But he has just not shown himself in that team. I think at the end of last, think back to last season when he got that job in Spa. The move he did on Ricardo around the outside sticks in my head as a great move. It was watching that race. I was like, this guy, he's the one that's going to go next to Max and be great. But then it's just been a downhill trajectory since then. He built himself up at AlphaTauri, got into the Red Bull, had some great races. Well, he was on for a podium in Brazil. Well, this is the last I, that's the point I can think in my head that it started going downhill. He lost his bottle, essentially. When he, when, when he was almost at that podium in Brazil and Hamilton knocked him out, I feel like he just never recovered. He never quite came back from there. It then happened again. Hamilton got him in Austria at the start of this season. And it just slowed him down. Obviously, he got that podium and it was a really good podium for him. 
but it wasn't enough to keep him going. Now two points out, two races out of the points, when, especially when Red Bull have said he needs to prove himself. Uh, I, I don't want him in the team. Where should... I'm saying that. I like the guy, but he'd be more suited, I think, to Formula E. It, Formula 1's too much for him now. Two follow-up questions then. Mm-hmm. One, where should the second Red Bull car be placing? At the end of the race, let's say it's just your average race. Lewis goes out yeah. for a Sunday drive. Bottas comes second. Where, well, so technically Max third wow. in this race. Where should the other Red Bull be placing? Hundred percent fourth. 100%. Not no give on that. No leeway. Here's the thing: they want to be fighting Mercedes and their constructors, and obviously they can't this season because Mercedes have made an absolutely incredible car. And I'm not mm-hmm. taking that away from them. They have, and I think we can all agree that mm-hmm. Red Bull have got the second best car though. It is better than the Renault. It is better than the Racing Point. I know some people might debate that, but I think it is. And as good a driver as Max is, I think he also has a good car under him. Um, the difficult thing is, I think, if they want to be fighting for that constructors, which they can, and I think they will next year, and I think they will try keep trying to, they need to have a driver there that can get a podium if Max doesn't get on the podium they need their other driver to be there they don't want it going to a Ricardo they don't want it going to a racing point um, McLaren or a McLaren thanks <laughs> sorry um, they need their other driver doing that Albon isn't doing that Hulkenberg Perez I think one of them could I don't know which one it would be which I've one heard. do you want um, I don't think I don't think I have a specificity I think I'd like either of them. I think they're both good drivers. I think Perez maybe has got a few more seasons left in him. He's obviously a bit younger than Hulkenberg, so he could go for a little bit longer. But they're both 30, 34, something like that between them. They're both in their 30s, so they, you know, take that as you will. Um, but I don't know. Hulkenberg is apparently, Max has said he'd rather have Hulkenberg. So maybe Hulkenberg because they'd have a better teammate relationship. I don't know. It could go either way. And back to the podcast. Back to the podcast, sorry. Yeah, well, that's it. And I think it's a, it's a very interesting one. Uh, what do you guys think? Let's talk about what you guys think about Albon. Um, Ruth, what did you think about the Albon spin? I honestly think it's such a shame. But I genuinely think if there wasn't so much politics around drivers and so many fans do this, and pit drivers against each other, it wouldn't influence drivers as much mm. as it does at the moment. Obviously, Albon is very clearly struggling, but I think it is his first season at the same time. And, you know... First full season. Yeah, first full season. He made a silly mistake. We've also seen George Russell make a silly mistake True. this race. George Russell also hasn't got a point yet after being so close so many times. And I feel like a lot of the time fans will often criticise one driver really harshly. We've uh, found and the then point... not criticise others. I was going to say, we've found the point where me and Ruth disagree. Because <laughs> and... you were just saying about Russell, however, Russell isn't really on for a point in any race in that That's car. That's true. And he has proven himself in that car every Saturday. <laughs> Against a driver who is definitely much worse than him. I wouldn't Not argue against that a driver worse. that is much, much better. Latifi has too. never He's ever qualified as, as well as George Russell and never will qualify as neither well did, as George Russell. Neither did Kubica last season. 
So well, neither of them are good teammates to pair against. Neither. I think my point is, it's just a really big shame and you know obviously he had the point where he said he thought he was hit the team also told him that he was hit Mm. they did say to him that um they thought a mclaren had hit him so um, i don't know i feel like there's just a lot of things that influence f1 Mm. and it's the same reason why there's so much clashes between drivers like Hamilton and Bottas in the sense that they're constantly pitted against each other and you know it always has to be this is the number one driver this is the number two driver and I just think if you're a team then it shouldn't be that way and it should be both drivers want each other to do better to do well and to challenge each other and constantly want to be pushing and I just feel like it's just a shame I agree in the sense that I think that rebel suit has definitely been kind of painted as this poison chalice. Like, ever since Ricardo left it, Gasly came into it. He can compete with Max. Now, Arbon hasn't competed with Max. It's looking like that seat is like the Max Verstappen second seat. It's what you need to be able to fight Max to go there. And if you can't, you don't have it, sort of thing. Yeah, I feel like there just needs to be much less. I don't know, just hate towards drivers and like there's so much negativity online towards drivers. Like even as Reese was saying earlier, particularly mm. Bottas gets a lot a lot of slack for nothing. Thing- for nothing. Yeah, for nothing yeah. really. I can't think of a reason why he gets so much. The only reason he gets it is because he's not winning the world championship. Exactly. If Lewis was in Bottas's shoes, Lewis would be getting it. Yeah. I just hope that you know I would love to see Hulkenberg in a Red Bull seat. Do I think Alpine is a bad driver? No, I don't think he's a bad driver. I just think it's not his season. And for a lot of drivers, it's never their season. And, you know, maybe in the future he would... If he does go to Formula E or, you know, anywhere else, Mm -hmm. I just hope that he would go there, improve, come back, and then show that, you know, actually he is a good driver. I agree. You know just prove himself but i just feel like it's a shame that every week we have to have the same conversation about it you know but every week he also messes up struggles i think you can't deny that the last two weeks when he's been finished outside the points it's been a struggle for him especially the mistakes he made today i did that also could be though put down to the extra pressure he's got on him now to succeed from red bull since that pressure's on him he struggled but i don't know that's that's another thing um Right. Did, I not get, did I not get a say on this? You did have a say. You had a huge I, say. Well, I didn't have a huge say. I just came in with a point about Russell. We went two first for your say. No, you didn't. And then you gave it to me. I, I just asked you a couple of questions. That's all I did. Uh, I think, seeing as I'm inserting myself, uh, I think that Albon has had his time in the Red Bull. Put him in any other car. And I mean any other car on that grid. He's doing well. Yeah. He's just had his time in the Red Bull. Yeah. Formula E. Get your coats on. See you later. Yeah, I agree. Um, right then, the that was kind of the biggest point of the race, I think. The Red Bulls, the crash, and then the pointless because of Arnold's spin. The other biggest point, I think, to say, was Ricardo getting that second podium in three races thanks to Albon's spin. He managed to get that podium. He had a good battle with Kvyat for it, to be fair. And Kvyat, I think we should say, had a very good race to get to fourth. He did very well in the end, but... Um, Second podium in three races in that Renault. I mean, for a McLaren fan, that's got to be exciting, doesn't it? That's got to be quite promising that you've got this driver who 
is coming in. He's got two podiums in three races now. He's, he's getting quicker and quicker. And obviously your car next year, you can have the Mercedes engine in the back of it. You've already got a decent package with that Renault engine. You, you've got to feel confident about that. Go on, Reese. How don't, do you feel about that as a McLaren fan? Don't forget that when Ricardo joined uh, Renault, he was written off as past his prime. Mm. Like, let, let's not forget that fact. Even though he was still young, he was like, oh, he's been, he's past his prime. Mm. Um, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm going to put a bet on, no matter what, that um, uh, uh, McLaren are going to finish third, at mm. least. They could even finish second. If Red Bull have a bad season, like... You could argue that Red Bull are having a bad season this season. It's just Max getting the points for him, essentially. Yeah. Um, and if if we've got two lads constantly in the top top five, you know, we could we could even fight for second in the constructors next season. Well, I tell you what, it's getting really that you talk about the the third place in the championship after this race. It's getting really interesting. I think McLaren and Racing Point are one hundred thirty four, Renault one hundred thirty five. It's really hotting up there. This is going to be the one to watch the rest of the season, that third place fight. I think specific, I think Red Bull are second, Mercedes are first now. That is confirmed. They are the champions, and we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, but Red Bull are second. I can't see anyone reaching them either. It's the, that third place fight. I think for the rest of the season, I'm going to be watching those three teams more than I'm watching the, the top four, or the top three, because I don't think Alex is there. But the top four... Uh, I'm going to be watching those Renaults, those racing points, those McLarens to see who gets those points because with one point in it, with only a few races left to go, it's going to be really interesting. That it's livening up the sport, essentially Definitely. having these so close because you're not watching uh, McLaren, uh, McLaren. You're not watching Mercedes anymore. You're mm. watching McLaren, mm. uh, Renault, and Racing Point. Like, like if if you you find yourself sat there, well, at least I do find myself sat there. You know. Stroll in fourth, you know, Sainz and Lando in uh, ninth and tenth or something. You're trying yeah. to work out how many points go to who and what it, what affects. And it's making the race a lot more interesting for me every week. I don't know if you've seen this. There was some McLaren news that came out today. Them confirming the chassis name for next year. Um, obviously, they're keeping the same chassis they've got this year. All the teams are. Uh, and McLaren are going to be calling their chassis next year the MCL 35M for Mercedes. Ooh. Uh, they did a little interview about talking about how that Mercedes integration is going to be happening with obviously it's a Renault power they're going to have to switch mm-hmm. it and keep the same chassis they said it's going to be really easy apparently they said That's that right. Mercedes are really helping them convert it so. the only the only worry is teething problems well, and yeah. hopefully don't have any that's uh, what we'll that's what Barcelona's see. for exactly that's what testing it is for um, finally then we have to mention it we can't go a podcast without talking about it Mercedes um, thanks to Red Bull's pointless week have now been confirmed as the Constructors' Champion for 2020, which is, I think we've got to say, it's an incredible seven titles that, what, what do you guys reckon? Seven titles on the trot, seven titles overall as well. What do you think, Ruth? Go on. I remember saying this to you. It's an amazing achievement, but every single race, I feel like I'm just, I just disregard the first two drivers because mm. it's just the same thing. And, it's obviously such like it's such a great achievement it's just a shame that you know like it feels like it's no one's challenging them for it like it's not even hard for them to have that seventh title obviously because they just have such great car which is a credit to them but also it's just not fun to watch is it you know i agree reese um I, I agree on the fact that it isn't that fun to watch at the minute. You're out of the top two. However, 
I don't want to see Mercedes kind of get worse. I want to see everyone else pull the socks up. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I like, want to see as well. I think it's interesting because I agree with you both that the f- win- I think for any sport, having the same person winning it seven years in a row, should there should be alarms there. Imagine, imagine if Man City won the Premier League seven years in a row. There'd be outrage. Everyone would say yeah. it's boring. Boring. And that is what F1's having. And obviously, 2022, we're getting these new regulations. They should be next year. They've been delayed because of the coronavirus. Um, they're hoping that, I think they, the reason they push those forward changing, those changes forward is because of this. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I agree completely with you that it is, it does make it stale when you have a team and they've broken the record now for consecutive titles. Yeah. It is stale. And, it's interesting that they've done this incredible thing and won these seven titles and we aren't that excited about it. We're saying it's not a good thing. I feel like it's a shame, especially for Hamilton, because he is a great driver. It's just hard to be excited when every race you know he's going to win before he even gets in the car and does anything. You just know that that's always what's going to happen. And I think, obviously, like with the changes and things... It needs the changes, but at the same time, like, I don't know, I just hope that all of the other teams and things can, you know, if pull you, their fingers out. If you, asked, if you asked Hamilton, if you asked Hamilton, um, would you like people to be closer to you in races? He'd say 100% yes. Yeah. He's a racer. Oh, he really loves racing. Yeah. You know what I mean? He wants, he wants your Ferrari. He wants, he wants to be in a Ferrari, essentially, if we want to go back to that gossip. Yeah. But, um... He wants a Ferrari to be right up his rear every single race. Does he now? <laughs> Don't start an out of context page. All right. But um, he, he wants that. He wants racing. We should also mention Lewis Hamilton broke Lewis Hamilton's record this weekend for race wins. So I think he needs a round of applause there. He got 93 wins, breaking, breaking Lewis Hamilton's record of 92 well wins. Done, Lewis. Um, Is this going to happen every week? Every week, yeah. Every week. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's something that obviously we have less to end because I think it is something that we didn't want to start the podcast with this and put a down on everything but something needs to change and I, we are, I think everyone is hoping that the 2020 regulations just bring that back just something else real quick on Hamilton mm. right Lewis mate buddy talking <laughs> straight to you straight down the camera to you <laughs> we know that you're going to stay there next season just hurry up and confirm it oh, no one no one cares <laughs> no one thinks you're going to Aston Martin there's no confirmation I'm here next year yeah I might be going somewhere else. Bring you're not son. You're either going, you're either staying where you are or retiring. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, right then. It's Turkey. I yes. wanted to oh, say just quickly point. before, um, Kimi Raikkonen mm-hmm. got driver of the day uh, she, she did at Imola. <laughs> and I just really want to touch on this because I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why on earth Kimi Raikkonen had driver of the day. If do, either of you would you want, like to throw want, a point in. Do you want me to argue with you? Because that's normally what happens at these no, stages. No, I just, I just uh, want to talk he, about it because I just really do not think Rankin and desi- deserved driver yeah. of the day. One, he got an amazing start. Two, he got a point in an alpha that's expected to be 18th, uh, 17th, 18th at a push. Yeah. Like, I have to say... It's great that he got ninth. There was also five drivers who did not finish the race. So mm. he was only racing against 15 drivers altogether. If Russell got a point, would you be saying the same? Yes, I, I absolutely would be. Because I think that 
Ricardo had third. He could have deserved driver of the day. He did. He had an amazing race. Yeah. Perez also had an amazing race. I think. So, but if you I look just... at look at your vote though that you've got, Kimi Raikkonen, and then it goes Max Verstappen who crashed out exactly. of the race. Exactly. I Lewis Hamilton. really disagree. The fan votes a joke. With giving drivers points uh, okay. for absolutely no reason. Verstappen did not finish the race. Why? Why was he even in line for? For a point for it driver of the day, you don't crash. you don't get a point for driver of the day. Just letting you know. Well, yeah, but I mean, like the point of having yeah, the point still stands. Yeah, know. let's let's talk about this then. Let's say the fan vote's a joke, as you both have said. Who would you put as driver of the day? I know who I would. I'd take a V at getting that Avatari to fourth. I think he was very deserving of driver of the day. Maybe in Ricardo getting third, but I think that's less. It was impressive when he did it two races ago. He's done it again now. It's good. But Kavia getting the Avatar to fourth, for me, that would be driver of the day. What do you guys think? I absolutely agree. Yeah. I disagree. Oh. Um, I genuinely, and it hurts me to say, give it to Lewis, because he had a really bad start. He had a, right, listen, listen for the reasons. Had a bad start, went down to third, didn't get first choice of strategy and then managed to make 30 seconds on his teammate. You can shake your head as much as you want. Wow. He had a cracking race. Uh, he, just because no, he, he had he an all race, right race. Just because he led the race doesn't he went mean down he didn't have a cracking third. race. He didn't have to fight loads of people for a position. He never has to fight loads of people yeah. for a position. He has the best car on the grid. It, it's never a question whether he's going to win. It never is. It's I think hardly ever a fight for him. He did not the, deserve uh, that point more than Kavia or some of the other drivers on there. That I think as well, it's fair to say that as soon as that BSC happened, Hamilton didn't get drivers. Yeah, no, like, so don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, that was absolute BS that that yeah. happened. Like, do not get me wrong, I'm not a Hamilton fan at all, and that's why I was saying it a bit reluctantly. Mm. However, to manage to create a 27-second gap on tyres that weren't meant to go that long, nowhere near meant to go that long, he still managed to create that gap. He would have been able to pit and still come out in front if he just left it another couple of laps. I reckon he had a good race. I don't think he had the best race, though, on the grid. He didn't. And he always is able to stretch his tyres much further than other drivers. Don't forget that Mercedes also has the DAS system in. Other drivers do not have that at all. Like, I just feel like him even being in the running for that was completely wrong. Raikkonen getting it is also completely wrong. So what about Max then? Is that also completely wrong? Yes. He shouldn't have even been voted for. No, I'd say... He didn't even... He didn't finish the race, yes, but uh, I think... When he was leading the vote at the time he crashed out, the vote was already going, and then I think those votes obviously just didn't stop because once you've got the votes, you can't take them back. Driver of the so. day is just I... a sympathy vote for people who have crashed out and stuff like that. I'm surprised Russell didn't get it or Albon didn't get it because you've seen it often enough where someone's something's happened, someone's well, hit someone. This is what I'm saying. Sympathy All that vote at the end of the race. So the stuff that actually happened at the end of the race, everyone had already voted. Yeah, true. So it's too late to change. I just feel like it. I don't understand why why every week it's just always a driver who has not done anything. And as you can tell, Bruce love for Kimi Raikkonen continues <laughs> in another episode. Just right. saying, F1, remove driver of the day. It's not needed. No, we don't I need like to it. see it. We don't need to interact with uh, the spot. Right. Let's talk about, get back to the podcast. We've had a rant. Let's get back. Um, it's Turkey next time out. We're going back to Turkey and I can't wait. I'm really excited. I love Istanbul. Uh, Reese, 
Give me your prediction <laughs> for Crawley and the race, please. Top three, <laughs> off you go. Well, uh, Istanbul, I just love it. Um, oh, it's just going to be Hamilton, Bottas, Leclerc. Uh, Leclerc? Leclerc? Hamilton, Bottas, Leclerc. Hamilton, no, uh, Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. There, there's no point. We, we shouldn't even do these anymore. We should just put up a little graphic saying, by the way, first, second and third is going to be the two Mercedes and a Red Bull. <laughs> I think Reese is getting a bit... Salty of the old Mercedes dominance. Ruth, what do you think? I absolutely agree. Call every, her salty now. Go on. Every week, it's I make an outrageous claim with the <laughs> hopes that something will happen. <laughs> that maybe this will be the race that changes it all. I think the one but race you didn't make an outrageous comes. call on was Monza when Pierre Gasly won. Yeah, that <laughs> is that. I believe that's true, actually. Um... Uh, it's always going to be Hamilton, Bottas, Bottas, Hamilton, whichever way around it is. It's yeah. always going to be a Mercedes one-two for both. It's the only question is the third, mm. and if Max I feel a, like it will be Verstappen. If Max crashes out again, then I can't see him staying at Red Bull for much longer, even though he's just signed the contract. I can see him getting right in Toto's ear and being like, "Been off Bottas next year. I want that seat." Wow, I, I, I genuinely can't see him staying at Red Bull. It, like, he's, the car's so unreliable. Like, I, I how many DNFs has he had this year? The last race, DNF wasn't his fault. That was no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying the, I don't think any of them were his fault. I think it no, was the I car's mean, fault. Was, no, that race, the crash last race wasn't his fault. That was Pirelli's fault, if it's anyone, not the car's fault. The tyre came he, He'll still go down on a DNF record for him, mm. and he's, he's got too many little strikes on that record at the minute. I agree, but he's, he's, he has invested himself in that Red Bull team now. I, I feel like that's it. also just racing as well yeah. you're always going to have a race where you don't finish and something happens and yeah that's a race but he's had about five the race, this season but i mean True. the same thing happened in the renaults for mm. ages they had engine issue after yeah, engine then... issue after engine issue yeah and they were constantly going out and that's why daniel ricardo's moved away because he said in his press release that they weren't reliable enough mm. and that's why he joined uh mclaren yeah but he was also there this season like I just feel like racing is just, it's constantly unpredictable. That's the whole point of the sport. If you just are willing to move away after one thing happens, you're never going to be with the winning team. I'm not not saying he will move. I'm just saying if I was him, you've got to look at the reliability of the cars. Mm. And at the minute, you don't see a Mercedes going out every couple of races, but you always see a Red Bull going out. I'm not seeing Mercedes putting a Verstappen in the car. I don't think Mercedes want him. I don't think Mercedes... I don't think he'd work in a Mercedes environment. I think that environment is so different to how Max is as a character. I don't know. I just couldn't see it work. Uh, my prediction for the race, um, I think qualifying will see Hamilton and uh, Bottas one and two. Third, I'm going to give to a Ferrari. I think Leclerc specifically. I think he might have a good... They've, they've been getting better. And Istanbul is a kind of circuit that they've got a lot of historical data on. They could make something work. I kind of want to see Ferrari back up there. It's weird now to see Ferrari at the front. And that is saying something. A team that for the past few seasons have been fighting for the top three positions. They were second in the constructors last year. They've fallen off. I think they, they need to come back. And I think they, they've got to make these final races count. Because obviously next season... Development's frozen again from this season. They can't make a brand new car. They need to push something. So I think a Ferrari will be coming up in these next few races. In the race, though, I think Hamilton will win. Verstappen will be second. And I think Bottas will be third. That's my prediction. 
I think um, we're going to see a little bit of a interesting little race. That's for um, sure. Right, send it home, Tom. Send I'll it send home. home. Oh, oh. Um, I'm editing that. Yeah, that's, that's that is cool. being You're editing it out. You edit, you you edit it. No, you but edit. I will specifically edit that part <laughs> out. Uh, right then, let's go home. We've been here for far too long. It's been over an hour. We haven't done one of these. Before. I thought we could drag an hour out of that race. With Miss Taskmaster. Uh, Taskmaster. Bye guys. Twenty minutes ago, it's true. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, I have been Tom. It normally goes down the line. I've been Tom. I've been producer Ruth. And I've been uh, producer Ruth. And I've been editor. Bye. Thank you very much and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.